are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Howdy, Wola. That's right. Hola to all of our uh, DACA recipients that will be staying here forever now, thanks to Mitatwamp. This is it's going to be one of those. It's going to be one of those. And we're off. How are you today? Huh? How's everybody doing out there? That's right. Whenever I start off like that, you're, you know, you just know. Even when I do this at home too, my wife and my kids look at me, they'll be like, it's going to be one of those days, huh? Yep. Yep. Dad's having one of his Howard Beale days. Yes, indeed. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. This is the Steve Day Show free podcast we offer each and every day. Powered by CRTV here on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio as well. Todd and Aaron are here along for the ride. Gentlemen, we just finished up today's television show. Uh, we were joined by Ali Stuckey, the conservative millennial from The Blaze. She did a fantastic job. We had some deep probing questions that required answers uh, during our CR roundtable as well. So let's tease a little bit of today's TV show. Todd, what stood out to you? Uh, well, you went to the immigration card uh, in your uh, intro. And the essence of it is that no matter who's talking about it, little time goes by before you get off course really fast with your premises um it sometimes it's well intentioned sometimes it's uh purposeful uh in that it's just it's just outright propaganda uh, but maybe the bigger problem is the, the the times it's well intentioned and then we just get lost in weeds we can't extricate ourselves from and we you know we're losing the game ourselves without the opponent really beating us you, you talk about it, it was really a, a valuable amount of time a short amount of time spent about how we need to get better at understanding why this issue is important to us and it not and it's not just because it's some political wedge Aaron, what stood out yeah. to you? That's uh, good. Yeah, that is that is very good. Uh, what, what was also very good is our discussion on Star Wars as well, I think. And um, I I think... Boy, the, that's think, peak millennial right there. Todd's has some deep probing analysis yeah. of our deep probing show. I asked Aaron, what stood out to you? Star hey, man, Wars. we talked about Star Wars, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I can go that route, too. Don't be I, too hard on him. Steve and Todd kind of, I think, represent... Not ri- not necessarily two ends of or two factions of uh, the modern editions of Star Wars, but it was uh, it was a fascinating uh, fascinating conversation to hear them kind of duke it out, and then the conversation with uh, Ali Stuckey as well. Uh, that was uh, that was good. And talking about uh, Hillary Clinton, and there's one thing that's different about Hillary Clinton than and, and I don't I'm not going to give it away. Uh, one thing that's different about Hillary Clinton than any other ex. Uh, presidential candidate from the Democratic ticket uh, ticket that didn't actually win. And uh, why she is still, well, I'm just going to leave it there. You'll, you'll want to listen for the It's a good tease. You're right. She, there is something unique about her as a Democratic loser that's really unparalleled 
in the modern Democratic Party. We get into that and more today on the television show on CRTV.com. Use that promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E, my last name. Get a discounted subscription, not just to us, but Mark Levin, Michelle Malkin, Stephen Crowder, and more. Yes, we do have a monthly option. You can subscribe for just 10 bucks a month, and you get all our shows over there at CRTV.com, too. And hey, remember, you get a free trial. So if you sign up and you're like, these guys blow chunk wads, then cancel. And you'll owe nothing at all. Um, so, hey, we are conservative review. We believe in a meritocracy. That's why we give you a free trial. And if it turns out you don't think we're worthy of your money, don't pay us. It's like I said last week, I got all upset about what we were doing on our show. And I was just like, okay, you know, I, I, then don't subscribe. I mean, it's not worth getting that angry over. You know, I mean, just other people are really good at what they do too that are talking about some of the same things. Go subscribe to them. No, no, we're not worth getting angry about. Trust us. We, we're around each other uh, and, and with ourselves all day long. And I think I speak for all three of us. We are really not worth getting angry about. I don't know. Move on. Yeah, move on. Move on quickly. Move on quickly from us because we are going to move on very quickly from you. So promo code DACE. (laughs) I think you buried the lead there. (laughs) (laughs) At CRTV.com. And remember, you get a free trial. So if you try it and Mikey doesn't like it, go back to the live serial. Kick us to the curb. All right. All right. We continue our series here this Tuesday on Americanism 101. We are coming down to the final furlong, the last few weeks of a series that we started at the beginning of this year because it was obvious enduring whatever that was last year that a lot of what this is supposed to be about, this thing called American exceptionalism, has, has just been lost on much of the public. So in our little corner of the universe, we're doing what we can to recover as much of it as we can. So we started this series uh, back in January. And, and we laid it out in two phases. And the first phase is we had to lay the foundation of America. You know, that creed that G.K. Chesterton used to write about, that America is the only nation ever founded upon a creed. And so we, in that first phase, we laid that foundation, that there is a God, the God of the Bible, the only living God, that our rights come from him and not from government. And therefore, government is also as accountable to God as we are. That's why they swear an oath, so help me, God, before we hand them the reins of power from us. Uh, Government by the consent of the governed. And then the third aspect of that creed is government's role, therefore, in light of that that hierarchy, in in light of that chain of command, government's role is the protection and preservation of those God-given rights. Once we'd established that foundation, then we needed a framework, Right? You ever drove by, somebody says, oh, guys, we're building a house, you got to check it out. It's beautiful. You drive by, and all you see is, like, the foundation. You're like, and then, like, pretend, and then they pretend how much they like the kitchen. You're like, uh, there's not a house here, guys. There's just a foundation. Well, you, you can't have a house without a foundation, but a foundation by itself is not a house. So now we need a frame. We need a framework, all right, to build out this foundation so we know what this foundation looks like in the real world when we want to inhabit it. And that framework are these 28 principles found in the late Cleon Skousen's phenomenal book, The 5,000-Year Leap, which I would suggest every American should be forced to read before obtaining a voter registration card. And week by week, we've been looking at these individual principles that Dr. Skousen laid out, which were at the which were instrumental in the making of America. This week we are on the 23rd principle. Here it is. A free society cannot survive as a republic without a broad program of general education. 
A free society cannot survive as a republic without a broad program of general education. Can I say this might be the one at the outset people are most confused by and yes. need fleshing out? Because I actually think is most of them speak for themselves. This one actually just left untouched needs to have some gray area fleshed out. It does. Because a lot of what we're trying to do now is get the government out of education. Exactly. But let me rephrase this, or let me repeat this. A free society cannot survive as a republic without a broad program of government education. Is that what I said? No. What did I say? I believe you said general? General education. I did not say a government education. There, I would even draw, you know, we had a fantastic guest on yesterday's CRTV show, and she drew this distinction between Muslims and Islam. I would draw the same distinction between, that's why I use the phrase government education. I would draw a distinction between government education and public education. A government education would be like every other government endeavor. A top-down, collectivized, centralized monstrosity whose only two aims are ultimately to grow and acquire control. A public education or where people in the local community come together, determine what the funding mechanisms will be, what the standards will be, what the curriculum will be, what the discipline will be, and then who will be the folks that will carry these edicts out on our behalf that we will entrust our children to, and then we will monitor them accordingly at meetings, elections, things of that nature, and make the changes if we have to. That would be a public education. I think I have a specific example I always bring up, and, and the people who believe in government education hate it. If people truly believed in a public education, they would have no problem, as I see we should, take whatever the average per pupil spending is that we pay in taxes, and I should be able to spend that at my Catholic school if I choose. Is that a specific application of a distinction you're making there? Yes. Because yeah. I'm, I'm te- teaching them to read, write, arithmetic, science, all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and people people like Todd and people like my parents, who were not wealthy uh, by any means growing up, they still and this is this. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Even in our small rural school district, if we wanted to homeschool, we had to buy all of the curriculum on our own, and that was at a time when homeschooling was not as as mainstream um, as if, if you will as it is now. And so that was an ex- expensive endeavor. Plus, they had to pay all the tax all the basic same taxes that everybody else had to pay and it just becomes extre- extremely expensive just to educate your kids and that's not that doesn't exactly scream liberty to me the re- no it's not and because again the premise of, of, of that social contract that you just articulated Aaron is that you had to get permission your parents had to get permission yep. to raise their own children the way they saw fit yep. right that is a government education yep that is not a general education. Now, <clears throat> within the framework of a government education, your parents found ways to exert some level of freedom. But but it was still a government education because you had to go where to get some form of the government. permission to do it. The government. We had a battle here in Iowa a few years ago. And I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. I don't think I've ever talked about this publicly before because I was not allowed to, but now I can. So we had a battle here in Iowa a few years ago, and we had a Republican governor who's now the uh, ambassador to China, or China, as uh, the president would say. Total rhino, biggest tax raiser, biggest government spender, 
unionized education in our state, brought the teacher unions here. And from the moment he did it, you saw Iowa's once vaunted first in the nation academic status begin to diminish and decline. Uh, just a big government progressive guy. Lied to us for years that he had defunded Planned Parenthood when he hadn't. Then when we called him on it, he then told us he couldn't do it. And then when we had enough Republicans in the legislature to finally force him to do it, then he wanted to take credit for signing something. He, pro- he told us for several years he had already done. Guy's just a political hack. Okay? His name's Terry Branstad. And he wanted a massive, Common Core-esque, Obama-esque, race-to-the-top-esque education program in the state. Because he's, you know, Lamar Alexander in farmer clothes. That's what he wanted. The local conservative education lobbying apparatus... They were willing to go along with this on one condition. This is going to hurt, isn't it? Yes. They wanted a couple of of shiny objects. Homeschoolers wanted to have to wanted to be able to do their own driver's ed rather than paying the state hundreds of dollars a year for it. Okay, I want to train my own kid to drive and take him to get the driver's test. If they flunk, they flunk. If they pass, they pass. A couple of other things that are nice additions, but are in the grand scheme of things inconsequential to what is really happening. Tangential, here. Yes, yes, absolutely. I got a phone call from a very prominent conservative activist in Iowa. This would have been after the 2012 election, okay? Uh, He called me in January of 2013 as the legislature was meeting, and our rhino governor was trying to impose this. And he called me up and he said, all right, I'm calling you because you might be the only person I know that that can get a, a key meeting of, of what he called the Huckabee Christian conservatives and the Ron Paul Christian conservatives, the key people in both those camps in a room together where we can, where we can fight back against this and or get something meaningful out of this and use our leverage. Because if we don't work together, we won't get anything. We're going to get railroaded. He said, if you can call that meeting, I've got enough, I think we've got, we've got enough friends up here up on Capitol Hill at the State House that if there's organizational support behind them, I think I can get them to hold firm to give us what we want from the governor. So over the course of the next, we, we started meeting. I called this meeting. It was at my old office. We would meet at night once a week. First few weeks were really just people burying the hatchet after a very divisive 2012 Iowa caucus, which 2016 made that look like, you know, tiddlywinks. But it was a very divisive Iowa caucus. People were like, we're never talking to you each other again kind of thing. So the first few weeks, man, we just ate pizza, hung around politically gossiped and just got comfortable with one another and then ultimately when it was clear that we could work together then it became what's the strategy going to be we knew because of people like me and others in that room the minute the governor knew that we were involved he would say no just out of spite because he hates us it's a governor that literally called my old boss at who and on on his own tried to get him to fire me made the call himself Oh, there's all kinds of things that have happened over the years I've not told you guys that I'm probably at liberty to discuss now that I wasn't at the time. So that so that's how these fools operate. The minute person if there's a personality I don't like, the answer is no. So we had to keep our group secret. That's why I'm just now talking about this. One of the members in our group, I wish it was me, but it wasn't, looked at the rest of us and said, 
because we all agree getting driver's ed and this other shiny object wasn't good enough. We wanted some other demands. And one of the members of our group looked at us, I wish it was me, but it wasn't, looked at us and said, you guys are all looking at this the wrong way. He said, you want to hit them where it hurts. What they want more than anything else is control. And even if you want better bennies than what we're willing to take now, if the control remains in place, the time will come later on where if you agree with the premise that they have the control, that the state has the control over you and your kids, the Pharaoh who knows not Joseph, he used my own line against me, will arise. He'll take those bennies away. Or he'll say those bennies now come with a new cost and pray Darth Vader doesn't alter the deal any further. And I got really quiet in the room because even in that room of God-fearing to the right of Attila the Hun patriots, it wasn't, even in that room, it wasn't our default setting to take power away from the state because we're so conditioned that we can't, right? We're just, we, that it, we just, it, we, we act like that's, we, we asked the question today on the whole global warming issue. What, if you think they're causing, it's causing these hurricanes, then what would you have us do differently? That's kind of was our mindset in this room. This idea of fighting, taking control away from the state was like arguing with mother nature and the weather. It, you can't. So just figure out what you can get out of it. And he said, I'm going to, so we asked him, we said, hey, then what's your solution? And he said, I'm going to off, I'm going to suggest we pursue something that everyone in this room originally is going to think is not that big of a deal. You know who Kim, who joins us on Fridays in the round table, she was in on these meetings so she can verify all this. He said, I'm going to suggest you do something that on the surface you're going to think is not that big of a deal, but they will fight you tooth and nail for this. And we asked him what, and he said, you don't want any shiny objects. What you want is that you no longer have to report to the state for anything. It's like you are off the grid. You don't exist. You don't have to register. You have to go online. You don't have to say a word. They have no power over you on any level whatsoever unless a criminal action is happening in the home. And then, of course, that it takes precedent. Beyond that, though, you're not, you're, not, you're not even on the radar. And I remember that room that night was in the dead of winter. In the middle of February, we're all like, can we do that? <laughs> People are like, what do you, what do you mean? Because we're used to filling out this form. And our, dude, you got to give a social security number for direct TV customer service, man. That's just the world in which we live in today. You know what I'm saying? We, the idea that we could just not have to be owned by an external entity was just... To quote the great movie, Weird Science, that was a mind scrambler. I mean, the idea we could do this. He goes, now, and he was a former state representative. He goes, I just know the way these people work. If we ask for this, they will lose their minds. And he goes, that's exa- and that tells you exactly that's actually. Well, then we had to go meet with a few of our friends in the legislature. Are you willing to die on this hill? If you guys will back us up, we will. And we only needed a few people because we couldn't, they needed their votes to get this out of a committee. And it would be incredibly embarrassing for the governor to move it to another committee. And so that is what we asked for. And they fought us tooth and nail on this until they saw that we meant business. And there was one little legislature, a little rural Iowa gal, very soft-spoken, but a veteran. 
And they could not get this out of committee without her vote. And she told them under no conditions. You can yell at me all you want. I've been shot at. You can scream at me all you want. You can pressure me all you want. If you don't give this to us, I'm not voting for it. Her name was Sandy Salmon. And they finally gave in. Now, fast forward a few years. We don't, here in Iowa, we don't report anything. Nothing. I don't have to ask the state for a damn thing. Because the state didn't make my babies, so guess what they're not going to tell me to do? How to raise them. And by the way, we still got the driver's ed thing and everything. We still got that actually thrown in. Okay? Because they, they then turned around and offered all this stuff to us to get us to get off this point. We were like, you know what? We'll take those things and we'll take this too, but thanks. We'll take... Uh, the answer is yes to all. Remember the old Coke Zero commercials? And, and, right? That's kind of... And we'll take them all. Fast forward a few years. Do you know... How many editorials did the Des Moines Register run this last winter? The local Red Star. With, with our, with, with very liberal state legislators losing their minds off of, off of homeschoolers and Iowa families having these freedoms. This is how we got it done. This is what it took. This is what we did. And because we did it this way, now if the Democrats in the future or rhinos in the future attempt to take it away, they will have to do it in broad daylight. It is far harder for them to do that. Even in today's environment. Even as secularized and progressivized as we are, they still can't do most of these things in broad daylight, guys. Most of America still will be like, ah, no, I don't really think that's the way things ought to work around here. So we had, one, you know, we had one case of abuse going on in a home of a homeschooler, and the police were rightly called in, and the family was prosecuted. And man, they tried to use that... Yep as the reason why they were going to undo all of the freedoms they just gave us. But the problem is because of the way we made them give us our freedom back, they, w- they can't put it in an omnibus bill. They, they can't do it as an add-on. They've got to do it standalone. They've got to stand up in broad daylight and say, we're going to take your freedom and liberty away. Even in today's environment, that's very difficult to do. So now in Iowa, you can educate your kids the way you would like. Sans government education. But this is what it took for us to do that. And they fought us on this. They didn't want to give up any control on any level at all. Because ultimately, this isn't about compassion. It's not about anything other than control. Progressivism more than anything else. More than anything else is about control. Even the fun stuff. Do whatever you want with your wallet and your zipper. Even that is about control because ultimately when you make poor life decisions and they blow up in your face, progressivism comes to you, puts its arm around you, says, you know what? We'll take care of you. you we'll subsidize your bad choices. Because you're a victim of something. Yeah, because yeah, you're a victim. But we just we need one thing in return. It's a minor thing. What's the one thing we need in return? Your soul. Control. That's right. It's a classic devil and Daniel Webster. Deal with the devil. I'll give you everything you want. I just need you to sign this one little thing right here. And you don't really know what it is you signed on to until your life is made whole again. And you want to take back control of your own life and you're in a better place. And all of a sudden, you know what? You cannot. And that's how, that's what's changed the education apparatus. 
and now we have a system where we are we are the we are literally we are the only empire in world history I know of that has knowingly and wantonly subsidized its own anti-empirical propaganda. I don't know. I cannot imagine that there's been a superpower on this earth that has knowingly and wantonly told its taxpayers, you must subsidize the undoing of our own mythology, our own mythos, our own pathos, our own ethics. Yeah, you, you used to do, to, to pro- have propaganda like that. You used to like have the enemy in an airplane mm-hmm. fly overhead and drop leaflets or yes. something. Now we're just, this is public education. And not only will you subsidize it, then you will pay for it on top of that. Mm-hmm. Now, the next step that we've never been able to do, the next step is to have the funding removed at the building, have the funding go to the child at the building level. Meaning, because even though we are free of government entanglement, I'm still paying for my kids to have seats in every West Des Moines public school they're not currently attending. Exactly. And That's so were you when your kids were at Sacred Heart. And Aaron, so are you right now as an adult for kids that you don't even have yet. Mm-hmm. Now, if you really want to break up the education monopoly, that's you take the funding away. And what you say is the, the funding goes with the kid. Meaning if the kid wants to go to a monastery school, the funding goes with him. If the kid wants to go to a tradesman school, the kid goes, that goes with him. kid wants to go to a different school in the district, goes to him. Wants to go to a private school, it goes to him. Yeah. Wants to homeschool, it stays home with him. If, if Take it all the way. An Islamic academy. Your goes tax baker you. goes with you. That's right. That that will be now that's that is now where hell will draw a line in in the sulfur. Okay? I mean you will have to pry that idol from hell's cold, dead fingers because it's that's that's the thermal exhaust port of this whole thing right there. I don't get choice and diversity then, Steve. No. It doesn't work. Oh, I'm sorry. They gave it to us begrudgingly, tooth and nail to the last minute, when they knew we had the votes to stop them. But they, but they settled for, but we'll still get your money. Claim back the power of your own purse. See, that is, that's progressivism's thermal exhaust port there. That's, that's how you blow up the Death Star, is you get rid of the funding mechanisms. This is what Skywalker did in Wisconsin. You, you, we, you don't get to use the state to fund your political action committees anymore. Go raise your own money. And what's happened to the Democratic Party since? They haven't won a, 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 they've not won an election of consequence in your home state since Scott Walker did that. Since I almost he can't believe them. that really happened anymore. <clears throat> but it did. It did. It showed what's possible. Yes. And the same thing will happen here at the edge. That's the house of cards right there. That's the thermal exhaust port. If the Death Star looks massive. It looks ominous, menacing. It's the destroyer of worlds. But if you properly place the torpedo there and say, you know what, go out and earn our support. Earn it in a market. They're done. The two largest industries in America in terms of total monies spent and invested. Energy is number one. Education is number two. They're also the two most subsidized and regulated industries in America. They have the least amount of competition. Does that sound like freedom to you? Not close. Does that sound like what the founders meant by a general education to you? No. No, because their model was that an educated populace was the best antidote to right. tyranny. They wanted kids. They wanted kids taught the New England primer. <clears throat> the Bible. Yeah, which is the Bible. <clears throat> what is the New England primer? Go look that up. It'll blow your mind, man. I know. 
Google that stuff. It will blow your mind. Kids learn the alphabet. A is for Adam. In, in Adam's sin, we all fell. That, this is how they learned their alphabets, their ABCs. They wanted one of the first acts of the U.S. government was the commissioning of Geneva Bibles for the populace. Why did they go with the Geneva Bible? Well, because the King James Bible was commissioned by whom? King James. That's why it's called the King James Bible. And even though it's a very faithful word-for-word translation, there's a little aspect of the King James Bible where King James was like, you know, let's let's really emphasize that whole um, king thing. King thing. Yes. <laughs> All right, and so this is where, and, and we, we took Paul's teaching that all authority has been ordained by God to, if I'm the ordained authority, I am now God, that I'm not accountable to God, I, that, that, king, that, that now Henry VIII can just add doxologies onto the Lord's Prayer, and that's our new creed. Many of you don't know that last line of the Lord's Prayer isn't actually the Lord's Prayer. Now, it's very poetic and eloquent. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever, amen? But... King Henry VIII added that on. That's, that's not the Lord's Prayer, guys. It's, we, just sent, we tend to recite it as automatic reflexes if it is, but it is not. That's his add-on. And I can see why a guy who thought, I'll just build whole churches if they won't let me divorce and murder women as, as I will please, was all into the idea of glory and power forever. Something tells me Henry VIII's definition of glory, power, and dominion forever, not quite the same as the Son of Man who came to serve and not to be served, who gave his life as a ransom for many, might be some, a tad difference or two in there, okay? And the Protestant church at the time of Henry VIII thought that he was going to be their doofus, thought he would be their, their object to spark revive, reformational revival in England. By giving him what he wanted, feeding his lusts, helping him establish his fake church. And then after he got done burning his old mentor, Sir Thomas More, the Catholic scholar who raised him, after he got done burning him alive, and after the Protestants gave King Henry VIII what he wanted, who did he start killing next? Uh, The Protestants. When the Reformers were like... uh, yeah, we're actually into the Church of Jesus Christ, not the Church of England. We actually take the we we rebelled against Rome because we take this whole sola scriptura thing pretty seriously. You don't take it very seriously either. He's like, you're right. I'm I'm into sola Henry. That's what I'm into. Sola Henry. I'm into that. So when Thomas More was in a sola Henry grooming a king when he was 16, I'm into him. When Sir Thomas More comes to me and says, you know, the king doesn't get to act that way, <clears throat> not so much into Thomas More anymore. He gone. And when Cromwell and the Reformers come to Henry VIII and say, yeah, you should build your own church around the Bible, and the Bible can say what I wanted to say, King Henry, Henry VIII is in. And when then the Reformers are like, yeah, actually, you can't do that either. Uh, he wasn't into you anymore. Does this sound familiar? Do you guys know of a modern story of a miscreant, immoral reprobate with multiple wives who's into using Christianity and its prominent clergy for his own devices. And then once he gets his way, turns on them. Uh, you guys, does this ring a bell? Doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. Are there any modern does, parallels does to this at all? Domine 2016 have anything to I, do with it? You know what? Let me think. Nothing comes to mind. Let's just go ahead and move on. Anyway, back to the greater, larger point that I'm building here. Fair enough. Okay. The, the point of the education was to create a populace that could resist government tyranny. Well, if we have government education, guess what government's not going to create a populace to do? Resist it, guys. Not going to do that. 
This is why critical thinking is gone from the schools. Because the last thing we can have is if Aaron's millennial snowflake generation wakes up one day and decides this progressivism we've been sold is a scam, well, progressivism doesn't want you guys challenging them. You know what book tells the story of this? The Catcher in the Rye. In the 50s and the 60s, the liberals wanted the catcher in the rye. They fought to get the catcher in the rye in every, or I'm sorry, in the 60s and the 70s. They fought to get the catcher in the rye in every public library, in every public school district in the country. They wanted college kids reading it. Why? Because the book is iconoclastic. You've read it? You read it before? I read it in AP English. You ever read it, Aaron? No, I haven't actually. It, it's a very iconoclastic book. It, it Essentially, the, you know, it, it's J.D. Salinger channeling his H.L. Mencken. Challenge existing authority, challenge existing institutions and cultural conventions. It encourages that. It spurs that. When we got to the 80s and the 90s now, and the left now had control of these school boards and these college campuses, when they wrestled them away from our side, guess what book suddenly disappeared? Why do you think I asked you, Aaron, if you've read this? Because you have not. Guess what book disappeared, guys? Catcher in the Rye. She gone. She gone. Because those are our institutions now. Those are, those are our dogmas now. Those are our edicts now. We don't want you questioning us. And they looked from man to pig and pig to man and back to pig again. Bingo. And they couldn't tell the difference. Okay? Why, how, do you have, how do you have guys like James Woods, who in the 80s was making movies about liberal victimology groups and making good money making these movies, who is now on Twitter attacking pederasty movies? How did this happen? How do you think how do you think it happened? Is James Woods bipolar? You know what happened? Is he actually thought that liberals were doing that stuff in the 70s and 80s to cur because they were willing to be critical thinkers? That they were actually iconoclastic. Oh no. They were not iconoclastic. This was a useful idiot tool to tear down the pre-existing norms so that they could then take control and impose their will on everybody. And guys like the actor James Woods was like, hey, when I was doing ponytail liberal lawyer movies in the 80s, this wasn't the liberalism that I was talking about. We were, we were going after the establishment. We were going after the system. We were trying to give the little guy power. That's why I made those movies back in the day. Now you're telling me that was all a scam. We really weren't Serpico all along. We were actually serpents. In the garden, lying to people, just walking around saying, did God really say? That's how you end up with guys like James Woods and his life story. Guys like David Horowitz, whose parents were communists. He was one of the original 60s radical weathermen from the Ramparts magazine era, as in the 68 Chicago Convention riots, who's now a, 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 you know, a deep right winger. They really believed that this that liberal iconoclasm was about giving people power away from superstructures. It was actually about the exact opposite. It was about destroying the existing structures to replace them with new ones. And that, gentlemen, is the difference between a general education and a government one. Closing thoughts. Todd, I'll start with you. Well, that was um, I, the first one, like I talked about at the beginning, wasn't exactly sure where you were going to take it because I just don't think it's as obvious. But that, I think, was one of the most enjoyable ones so far. It was all over the place while simultaneously had a center, which with it, it revolved around. Uh, and it was an education uh, <laughs> and uh, 
as it should be, an education about education, uh, that, if you are listening carefully to the premises Steve is talking about, can take you way beyond the specific issue of education and teach you about governance more broadly. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is a, a must, a, a conversation that needs to be had more often. And I, I think the most encouraging thing to me is that it seems with education, this is maybe the simplest way for each individual, each parent, um, you know, parents together on, on a team to assert the right premise, to actually put into action the right premise. Uh, if they want to uh, homeschool their kids or if they want to um, you know, pull them out of school and send them somewhere else to send them wherever they, they darn well please, uh, they should do that. Uh, dis- I mean, in, in Iowa, as you articulated, Steve, I mean, if you want to homeschool, you don't have to report anything to, uh, to the government. But this, is, this affects uh, the closest f- sphere to you and your family as well. So this is the, e- well, the, the simplest, not maybe easiest, but the simplest way to actually show and assert the proper premise. And, and anybody can do it. Because, again, it, it affects them personally at, at the family level. Thanks for tuning in today on the free podcast from uh, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Don't forget to join us or later on, or right now, in fact, at CRTV.com. Use promo code DACE. Check out today's TV show, as well as the great one, Mark Levin, Michelle Malk, and Stephen Crowder, too. All that and more, promo code DACE at CRTV.com. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like you.